0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the I Love Splatter podcast. Today we are going to be talking about The Lure from 2015, which is a Polish horror musical, drama, fantasy um, about mermaid twins set in the early 1980s and directed by, bear with me here because I'm going to try to pronounce this as correctly as I can, Eganiška Smoczen Eskas. Iska. Iska? I tried. I think that's just for,
1: hey, we, we don't know this language very well, but I think that was a pretty good um,
0: try, in my humble opinion. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and honestly, after watching my Criterion Edition interviews, I'm a little in love with her. Uh, she's really fascinating. Um because of this film and just because of the way she talks about things, I think, like, my heart is beating a little faster. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So let's learn a little bit about her from the 1000 Women in Horror book. Uh, Polish director Agnieszka. here we go again, Smocaniska, (laughs) Smocaniska? You guys are like, okay, shut up, Amy. (laughs) Uh, was born in 1978 and took the international film festival circuit by storm with her musical mermaid whore extravaganza that's a really good word to explain this film the lure in 2015 consciously intended as an antidote to the disneyfication of hans christian anderson's little mermaid schmoz maska brings a burlesque sensibility to her tale of killer fish women golden and silver Having worked on television and short films previously, The Lure was her debut feature film, and she has since gone on to work on the horror anthology The Field Guide to Evil, which I think is still playing on Shudder right now. Um, And in 2016, The Lure won the Special Jury Award for Unique Vision and Design, and in 2018, she released her much-anticipated follow-up, Feud, which I have not seen, but I really want to, um, because I... actually I think I remember that she had that film coming out and then I never saw anything about it again so now I feel like I need to seek it out and Mm -hmm. watch it me too but yes let's talk about this wonderful neon techno 80s dream (laughs) yes please um it's just amazing i i saw it at the seattle international film festival and was just blown away immediately love 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 this movie Mm
1: -hmm. oh yeah i mean for me i didn't get to i've never seen it on big screen and that makes me instantly jealous but in a in a nice way like a nice jealous where i'm like (laughs) oh i'm so happy for you um i heard about it on a podcast I can't remember which one um, but you know one of these delightful horror podcasts you may have heard about um, <laughs> and someone just mentioned I think it was maybe it was like shockwaves back in the day I think it was Rebecca McHendry who said that she had seen this and she just described exactly what it is kind of like um, in the women in horror book you know just this extravaganza of d- different you know genres film slash performance genres you don't see put together um that frequently and i was just like gotta see it so i i sought it out
0: yeah and i think done in a way that you don't typically see musicals being done Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. which is also very interesting to me uh but yeah so uh here's your warning that if you have not seen the lure pause this sucker right now go and find it i think it's streaming a number of places um, definitely on the Criterion channel right now, and I'm sure you can find it for rent on other platforms. Because we are going to talk about the plot, we're going to talk about everything that happens, and we're not going to be able to contain ourselves. <laughs> so.
1: And I would, so add, let's g- <laughs> I would add also, if you were like, I, I'm, you know, you're on the exercise bike and you can't pause this, like, if you want to listen to the episode and
0: then watch the movie, I, I don't feel like spoilers ruin this. It's such an experience to see. You know, that that is true that, that so much of this movie is atmosphere and setting and cinematography and music like it's and colors and costume. It's just really beautiful to behold, whether or not you already know the story. I feel like
1: it's yeah, so the same as like same as trying to like spoil a George Rasky film. Like what? No, it's about watching it. <laughs>
0: um so we will get into the plot which uh as mentioned uh in our description of the director is um sort of a reply to disney taking all of these uh really gnarly fairy tales (laughs) and turning Mm -hmm. them into these beautiful everything ends up fine um you know as disney do and i love disney so i'm not slamming them at all i i love them but uh but I also really love these original um, Hans Christian Andersen tales that are like pretty brutal in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So uh, we open on a beach and we see a trio of people partying and singing uh, when two beautiful women, uh, young women, pop up from the water and also start singing, kind of luring the men to them in a sirenesque way. Um, and then all of a sudden, the woman on the beach, uh, Krisha, starts screaming, and then we we fade out. <laughs> so, it's so good. It, it's really good. Suddenly, we are launched into this sort of uh, Lynchian uh, 1980s dance club mm-hmm. uh, called Adria, and we are introduced to Krisha and her band, Figs and Dates, yes. which I don't even know why the band is named that, but it's... It's great. I love it. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. So this club is, uh, it's an 80s dance club, but it's also a burlesque slash strip club. Um, There's some acrobatics going on. Uh, The cooks are dancing and singing. I don't even know. I don't know how to explain it. I just want to be there. I just want to go there and I want to stay there for the rest of my life. (laughs) Here, here. Absolutely. (laughs) It's so good. So this band is made up of uh, Krisha, the lead singer, and sometimes keyboardist. Uh, Perkochista, which translates to drummer. So I'm not really sure if that's his actual name or just something that got like misconstrued. But anyway, uh, he is the drummer and also Krisha's boyfriend. And Mia Tech, uh, the young guitar player who we were just calling young David Bowie for the whole movie. So- <laughs> <laughs> Perfect um he's very adorable he's very appealing Mm -hmm. i think he's just like one of those men that's appealing to people that like all different types of people you know what i mean like there's something about him that's universally attractive and he's got the shaggy blonde hair and his guitar he's just like cool he's just so cool yes um so after their act the club owner who i simultaneously hate and love um (laughs) fair very fair i mean i love him because he's like this kooky old man who definitely enjoys his music and his vodka and i love that Mm -hmm. but um as we're gonna find out because this movie is such a fuck the patriarchy movie um (laughs) he's really gross also so (laughs) Mm -hmm. he discovers krisha and her boyfriend have tucked these two young women away in the dressing room they're kind of hiding them and so when he discovers them, then uh, Percochista, who's also gross for a number of reasons, yeah, oh yeah. Um, reveals to the club owner that these are actually mermaids. And how he reveals this is by having them undress. Now, these listen, these girls are young. They're like teen girls. Yeah. He has them undress and shows their sort of sexless Barbie doll bottom halves. It's such a weird moment. I mean, it's cool from a horror perspective. It's weird and cool and just like nothing I've ever seen before, really. Yes, absolutely. Um, Like this is all, this whole movie is practical effects, by the way. They didn't use any CGI. So like it's incredible to me that they were able to achieve this with practical effects. Um, And then he pours water on them and their tails appear and i love it because these tails are big and fleshy and like not sexy at all Mm -hmm. um and in the in the criterion edition there's some interviews and the director says that uh she did that on purpose so she didn't want the tails to be these sort of what you're used to which is the pretty sparkly more fish-like tails uh with the two fins she wanted them to be big and monstrous to um show the monster side of these these girls Mm. and also it's tied into this whole the theme of this movie is tied into puberty and coming of age and all of these things and she said that she specifically wanted the tales to be something that a human girl would be ashamed of
1: Mm. whoa that's so
0: cool (laughs) yeah yeah so it's, wow. this all makes sense right so in these in right now we we don't know much about these two teens we know they're mermaids we don't have the sense of how they feel yeah. being thrust into this human world quite yet but um and then we get to kind of the icky part this is <laughs> mm-hmm. so <laughs> the club owner who runs this burlesque strip club where it's sort of implied that maybe more is going on behind the scenes and he's questioning like wh- what he's gonna do like what is he supposed to do with these girls like so they're mermaids mm-hmm. which is another aspect of the movie that i kind of love that nobody's really shocked by, yeah. by any of this uh but the old club guy's like well i can't like sell this they don't have any holes basically and uh Percocista points out that they actually have slits in their tails Eww. 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 this is the sound I'm making about this Eww. and the old club owner just pokes his just pokes his finger right in there just puts it right in there and then says that they kind of smell like a fish and I, I I can't I can't <laughs> <laughs> all of it that is... makes me feel
1: so awful which with that information you just uh past about it's supposed to be something like kind of like not shameful but that one a teen girl may be ashamed of for reasons outside of herself that makes Mm -hmm. it just puts it all into such a different perspective
0: yeah yeah and so what's uh what are the two mermaids doing they're 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 not bothered they're unbothered by this uh they they don't react as if you know they've been violated or anything quite yet Mm -hmm. um uh leaves the room, the club owner's alone with them, the next thing we know, they're like traumatized and laying on the floor. So <laughs> uh mm-hmm. and uh Krisha comes in and finds them this way. Um and so you can make an inference here. I think mainly they're they're also suffering because they're out of water, but also we could stretch our imaginations and assume the club owner took things a little further. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah either way um, it's kind of the same like
1: awfulness yeah
0: yeah so they they just sort of the men carry the girls out into a pool and and dump them in unceremoniously (laughs) and and then they're fine and they're okay
1: um because they are kind of that's the weird thing right is they're like they are people and as the as the movie goes on you get to see more and more of like or they're they're like sentient creatures i guess i should say like they have Mm -hmm. opinions and feelings and passions um but at the beginning at least for me the first time i watched it i wasn't so sure like especially this like they were like uh oh are they like uncomfortable oh nope they're happy um and Mm -hmm. i think is like a really subtle bait and switch is that you know just like these the, the, the kind of gross guys in the story um you, you, there's an avenue to not seeing them as like fully
0: sentient at first. and then if you yeah. think
1: that way, you feel even worse later.
0: <laughs> there's a, There's another detail out of the interview with the director that I think brings this scene that scene together, the fact that they don't react, and it's that she says that that scene is really about how teen girls get treated like objects but don't mm-hmm. but they're not aware of it. So mm-hmm. they, so they're, and, and I think that's absolutely true that when you're yeah. discovering your sexuality, you just don't know what it is and you don't know what it means. And, and men do things to you and you're just like, yeah, uh, okay, cool, whatever. Um, so I think, you know, and then years mm-hmm. later you're like, God damn it. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I appreciate, I appreciated learning that. Cause I think that puts that scene in a lot more perspective of that, like, Perhaps she was bothered by him poking at her tail slit, and but she just didn't know she should be bothered by it or didn't understand, yeah. like, why she would be bothered by it. Um, yeah. But also, like, taking into account that these are fantasy fantastical creatures who have presumably never been around humans before. Like, this is sort of their first time entering the human world. So, yeah, they're looking at everything differently. But... Um, Regardless, after that happens, the club owner decides that they're going to join the band and they're going to be a singing duo, and he can sell that. He can sell them as these sexy teen mermaid singers. And tells uh, Krisha to take them shopping, which leads to one of my favorite scenes, the mall montage. <laughs> it's so cute. Fucking love it. So they go They go to this mall, this uh, Polish mall, which looks eh, sort of like an American mall but not quite um a little bit different and they're surrounded by people and there's dance routines and there's singing and they both sing and Krisha's singing and they try on clothes and it's like this whole thing it's so fun um and uh young David Bowie goes with them and so (laughs) he him and um Oh, yeah, sorry. Their names, by the way, are the mermaids' names are Golden and Silver. Golden has dark hair and Silver has blonde hair. So Silver and young David boys start to sort of notice each other during mm-hmm. this mall montage. Um, and then uh, I love it because Golden is immediately suspicious. <laughs> yeah. As she should and, be. As she should be. And she says to them that the, these uh, these girls, these sisters, uh, mermaid sisters, communicate telepathically. She says to her telepathically, "Oh, would you be able to eat him? Would you eat him?" <laughs> <laughs> which is <laughs> so good. Which is a perfectly reasonable question to ask, I think, of your friend or sister or whatever. But also, I think, <laughs> like Especially it's just a nice situation. little hint. Yeah, it's a nice little hint to what's coming later. But. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go uh, back to the nightclub, they make their stage debut in this wonderful, wonderful sort of like airplane themed <laughs> musical <laughs> number where Kreisha and Golden and Silver are all wearing these sort of old fashioned, Kreisha is wearing like a captain's hat and this glittery um, suit jacket mm-hmm. and Gold and Silver are wearing sort of like old fashioned 80s stewardess uniforms. I know we don't call them stewardesses anymore. I'm just trying to make a point. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not
1: really sure what the... Well, you'll get there. You'll explain where they head at the end of this. But I don't really get the theme but it is, it looks
0: great. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter because it just looks fantastic no yeah. matter what. Um, there's also like, yeah, there's like a giant sort of fish bowl behind them. I thought, you know, I had remembered it as a martini glass, but it's not, it's not a martini glass. It's just kind of like a giant bowl of water. I had, re- I had remembered the same thing.
1: Yeah, and I don't <laughs> get what the bowl of water has to do with like flying in the sky. But yeah, I mean, you out it but well, you'll see yeah
0: they gotta have water there they gotta have water there so uh so the girls finish singing they disrobe during their act and they climb into the bowl of water and reveal their mermaid tails which again the entire club is like standing ovation but nobody is um horrified by this nobody (laughs) nobody reacts in a way that would suggest to you that anybody would be surprised in this nightclub that these two teen girls suddenly have tails
1: it's the best part it's literally the best part of the film it is the best choice in my opinion that they could have made is that it's not strange it's not scary it just is what it is right
0: (laughs) it just is there it's just a thing Mm -hmm. um and so after their act uh silver hooks up with young david bowie and golden is like visibly distressed Mm mm-hmm and so they start their, their little romance because all these band members live together in one apartment, apparently. Yeah. Um, they're there with their piles of cash because the act has been wildly successful, which made me be like, wow, that club owner's actually really generous. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, Fair enough. Right. Fair Great. Great. Um, so they all live together in one apartment and we have sort of, uh, you know, we see Silver's falling in love with Mia Tech and um, Golden is frustrated and she's missing the sea. And so she starts going out and seducing men and then eating them. And <laughs> normal. normal. Which is also beautiful. I love it. Yes. Golden. a, a woman after my own heart. but um, <laughs> so <laughs> Amen. So then uh, silver stumbles upon Krisha giving her boyfriend a blowjob and decides to seduce her uh sed- seduce young David Bowie by basically like telling him to stick it into her mermaid tail slit but <laughs> yeah Ooh. he's only really into the top half of her so um Miatek is not down with the fish the fish part of her he he doesn't like it he basically tells her he only thinks of her as an animal, which. Listen, we've Terrible. all been there, but um... <laughs> we've all had yeah. some dude say something horrible to us and we've just nodded and smiled. Um, and so oh, yep. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Her response to this is to rip off one of her scales and hand it to him okay um and he puts it in his pocket i guess and so (laughs) yeah i didn't
1: get that i mean like it's cool moment i don't get if it was supposed to be something i understood beyond that
0: but yeah um, i think it's just her way of she can't have sex with him so she's giving him a, a physical piece of her yeah um but yeah, she's uh, you know, so she's she's falling in love with him, and she's sort of looking like more and more pale and and mm-hmm. uh, not not up to her full her full strength. So uh, then we we get another musical number, which oh, this is like the punk new wave number, which is amazing. Oh, so, so good.
1: Like,
0: they break out the fishnets. They have this amazing like sort of Blade Runner esque makeup on so into it um and then they run into a mysterious uh dehorned guy uh who has like these gnarly scars on his head uh that's this is triton love love it, <laughs> love it too. um triton obviously another um not human member of uh the fantasy world who's who's just hanging out in poland with his sort of speed metal punk band I don't, know what, I don't know what you would call it yeah it's like it, it, it,
1: it, it, it defies easy explanation i love his makeup though and I love his whole vibe like um not 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 love it like oh I want to be his friend but just uh-huh. it fits really well and he's kind of he seems kind and sinister like I you know I think it's uh, suspicious whether he's going to be helpful or not I wasn't even oh, yeah. sure if I believed he was a, a, a sea person.
0: Right. It's very, yeah. It's um, the only, he, he does end up telling Golden after he sees Silver and Mia Tech, uh canoodling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he tells Golden that if Silver falls in love with a human and he marries someone else, she's going to turn into sea foam. Yes. So, <laughs> so there we're bringing it back. To everybody who's seen the Disney version of Little Mermaid but has not ever read the original Hans Christian Andersen story, uh, the mermaid, after she falls in love, just sort of melts into sea foam and dies. It's so So, sad. It is really sad, but it also makes (laughs) so much sense. (laughs) Yes, very um, true. So we've got, you know, so Golden is sad and frustrated by this. She's trying to talk sense into Silver. Silver's just basically like, I love him. Um, mm-hmm. Then we have this out of the blue kind of amazing, like, queer moment uh, yeah. with Golden and this woman who I guess is a policewoman, which I don't think I quite understood until I watched um, the later interviews in this alternate ending. So she is a policewoman, and she's kind of... She'd been in the club watching the act and is also investigating the murders of these men, these eaten men that have turned up around the city. And so, um, but she's kind of threatening Golden and also seducing Golden. It's not very ethical, I'll say that. (laughs) It's definitely not ethical. (laughs) <laughs> but it's hot
1: <laughs> totally completely agree i didn't realize it. i i got it the second time when i rewatched it um last week i got that she was mm. a cop but i did not if i got that the first time i whew, don't remember so yeah same. it's
0: um it's a super hot scene it's weird Very. it's so weird because she she makes her um turn her legs into fish fishtail before any sexy times happen but <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and then And then holds a gun to her head. I I don't know. I I don't know. but (laughs) Minus the gun
1: now, especially with the new information that you've given about just, like, the concepts of shame and all of this, Mm -hmm. that, like, totally realigns my perspective on that scene. It is still weird, but it's, like, the thing that these guys can't figure out how to wrap their head around or Mm -hmm. respect or love is very easy for Mm -hmm. other women. Right. Exactly. So that's Um, right on that.
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, and then we and then we go (laughs) oh Cresha and then we go to Cresha who so Cresha is uh, grappling with all of these feelings about these twin mermaids and you know there's there's so much there but there's like mother possessiveness and there's like older Mm. woman jealousy like there's scenes where she's looking in the mirror at herself and looking at them and you can tell that she's sort of measuring her age against their youth. Right. Um, yes. But so she's having a dream <laughs> while she's having sex with her boyfriend. Uh she's having a dream about being a mermaid mama to these girls. So <laughs> Yes. They're, you know, they're nursing from her and she's got her own tail and this brilliant red hair and she's sort of having this fantasy of being able to join them in some way, which of course mm-hmm. is not possible, but It's just a little glimpse into Kreisha's life and sort of her dissatisfied situation that she's in. Right. We're in the apartment. uh, Everybody's getting really wasted in the apartment and in their pajamas. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't really know what's going on in this this scene. (laughs) Me either.
1: I don't. (laughs) I know, I'm trying to, I'm looking at my notes, like, what did I say? And I didn't write anything. I didn't write anything. Probably because it's just something you, you have to just see it, but it,
0: I don't know. You have to see it. Uh, it, It's beautiful. It's weird. They're partying it up. They're getting drunk, enjoying their success. And then the sisters um, suddenly... Get into a fight and so they're kind of i love this though they're kind of growling at each other in like a Mm -hmm. cat-like way and they're they're throwing each other against walls and and fighting and then suddenly a drummer drummer dude gets up and just punches them both in the face and they both fall down uh presumably dead i yeah it's unclear it's unclear if they are not however (laughs) the men do roll them up into carpets and just toss them off a bridge so they apparently (laughs) think they're dead
1: yeah i don't know i don't get it i mean i get the, i get why the girls are fighting right that's clear because we've built that up i don't get why the answer is just to like knock them out and throw them away
0: i think you know for petroshkia like this is it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like they've reached success as the band. And so they don't really need right. them anymore. And if they're going to be a problem, then just get rid of them. Right. Um, right. It's like a pet. It's, yeah. It's like a pet that you don't like that isn't behaving, you know, some people right. would
1: just be like rehome. Yeah. Right. And it has, and it has very like expressive music video. Um, and by music video, I don't mean just because there's a lot of music in it, but in terms of just economy, like we need to mm-hmm. tell this part of the story, And get on to the next beat, um, which is just really smart, smart storytelling.
0: Yeah. So um, she. Yeah. And also, Krisha has a black eye a little bit later in the scene. And so I think we can infer, you know, that this is not a good relationship. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this amazing fever dream of a musical montage with a nurse who plugs IVs of booze into everybody's arms.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I love this sequence.
0: It's beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the girls are, they're actually fine. And so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: this is this speaks to their magic creepiness too, because that just keeps happening, where like something kind of tees up that they should be... Feeling a certain way or they're in pain, but no, they're just like resilient and don't seem upset by anything that's happened before, which to me is way creepier. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so they they crawl out of the water because they've been um, turned back into mermaids again and Mm -hmm. attack some men uh, hanging down, hanging out down there and eat them. Um, Silver is very reluctant to eat them. She even like spits out part of it because she's just like so pissed that she has to do this. (laughs) <laughs> uh golden is like what the fuck um yeah. and so they go back and i do i i it is true like silver is like yeah whatever golden though she does bite P- petrushka's finger off and so like yeah they're not mad but they are and golden just wants you to know that she golden can just, kill sorry.
1: you
0: go ahead go ahead yeah yeah i would say golden i you know not that there's a better or worse
1: every mermaid is a unique person, but I feel like Golden is a better mer- person, whereas Silver yeah. already, at, especially here, is starting to show that, like, uh, she's not so sure. Like, she can see that other forms of living could be cool, too. Or at least I yeah. feel like that's where her head is.
0: Silver, Silver's only motivation is to be with Miatek, and she will do whatever it takes to be with him, and she, yeah. she's really convinced that being human is a better way to live than being a mermaid um so golden uh god bless golden goes and joins the tritons band (laughs) just like (laughs) rocks it out with the speed metal and screams uh, her lungs out i love it and then (laughs) and then they they come back to the club and they're doing (laughs) this photo shoot which (laughs) i love it um i don't know why but they're somehow like mermaid playboy bunnies which if that doesn't sound like it makes Uh sense it doesn't at all and they actually stretch fishnets over their tails (laughs) which jonathan go ahead jonathan was like that's a little on the nose
1: the fishnet game in this movie is strong like I, I realized I didn't when we were talking about the cop scene is that the cop is wearing a full fishnet bodysuit under her clothes yeah. like that is just it is part of the vibe It is part of the uh, Polish mer- sea people culture I guess in this film it's just like fishnets are just normal everyone has some everyone has some
0: yeah yeah which I mean you knew, <laughs> you did in the 80s you, you had a, sure. a large stash of fishnets yeah yeah um so during the during the photo shoot the twins are with their fishnets and oh let's not forget the bunny ears again i don't know i don't know why um (laughs) Uh -uh. so they're all sexed up they're doing this playboy mermaid bunny shoot and they're communicating telepathically and golden is worried about her sister and she says listen if you cut off your tail you're gonna lose your voice and you won't be able to sing so again bringing it back to the original fairy tale yep you get rid of your tail you're gonna lose your voice you have to you uh, have to sacrifice something great to get what you want that doesn't go over well silver's just like whatever shut up and <laughs> <laughs> sure enough here we come uh to the scene where yes oh, silver and mia tech uh go to visit a surgeon a very sketchy surgeon and give him a lot of money and booze and uh yep yeah, she's just uh, she's just gonna cut her tail off and swap it with the bottom part of a, another woman
1: who i guess wants to be a mermaid i was i was very curious about that
0: woman I totally thought she was dead until they showed a close-up of her looking around. I'm like, oh, no, clearly she just wants the mermaid tail. So,
1: <laughs> Which, like, hell yes, same. Uh, have a lot of questions specifically, like, are they trading lungs? Like, what are their gills? Ha- like, I don't know. But that's fine. Like, I, I, I believe it. And I, I also think it would be fun to be a mermaid.
0: Um, yeah, you have to really suspend your disbelief for this surgery scene because it doesn't make any medical sense. Of course, but, of course, but it's beautiful. And, it's and horrifying. It is. It's um, it's really there's this just gorgeous overhead shot of the two operating um, tables and the mm-hmm. discarded limbs and blood, and it's just
1: it's really lovely. Um, yeah. The ice, them being on ice, I think is the part that oh, really, ice. like, yeah. ugh. it's the kind of scene where obviously, <laughs> as an adult, I'm not gonna like lose sleep or anything, but it's a kind of, but it is for sure. I know that if I'd seen that scene too young, I would have upset mm-hmm. me in a way that I couldn't articulate or share, but would yeah. have like changed me in some way. Um, so part <laughs> of me is jealous of anyone young enough to have that because I actually think those moments are really important, if if disturbing. Um, yeah it's the ice it's them staring up it's the disjointed way that he scalps scalpels her cuts her open it's not a clean
0: line it's it's (laughs) It's puzzling in a lot of ways but beautiful but horrifying um so she it works for whatever reason (laughs) it works and she's now got all the lady parts down there um she's still healing But, you know, God forbid we give the girl a couple of days. Um, We got to get to that hole. So (laughs) (laughs) we got to get there. And why? Uh, Because Mia doesn't really give a shit. He's only interested in the hole. She has no worth to him without the hole. And (sighs) so they start having sex. And, of course, like her wound, by the way, we got got no bandages in Poland. What's going on with this? We got no way to bandage this. So her very crooked incision, which looks hella infected. Um,
1: <laughs> yes. It's,
0: you know, it's gnarly. But they, they start having sex um, because, again, the hole. And then uh, she bleeds on him and he freaks out. What do we think that's about, I wonder? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, not, it's not the subtlest moment. And yet it's still, you know, it's a very important moment. Uh, yeah. Just, because, just yeah.
0: like... The actor who plays Mia Tech is, is really good, by the way, despite the fact yeah. that he's a shit character. Um, he does, he he reacts in, like, absolute horror at the fact that there's blood on his skin now from this this mermaid woman. Like, Ugh. Huh. ugh. Even though, uh, <laughs> even though he went with her
1: and also wanted her to have a massive surgery, massive yeah. surgery, like, but somehow now that the realities of it are close to him... You know, it can't be, it's too, it's too gross.
0: It's not Ugh. perfect. So it yeah. doesn't matter that she fucking sacrificed her entire life for him and <laughs> did yeah. this, I'm sure, dangerous surgery and lost her voice and is doing this all for him. It's yeah. gross.
1: And her little whisper voice is so, like, she's on her little oh, treadmill so or whatever, weird. like her little exercise machine and whisper voicing. It's really... Yeah pathetic but not pathetic like she's pathetic but you know what i
0: mean like in the more yeah traditional sense of the word poor thing so we all know what's gonna happen now yep <laughs> yep um silver gets fired from the club because she doesn't have a voice um golden is told that she has to sing solo and she's like no fuck that like we only sing together mm-hmm. young david bowie meets a beautiful human woman uh, as he's making out with her, he throws the scale. Silver gave him away. <laughs> Terrible. That should have had
1: consequences.
0: And then we're at his fucking wedding. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know the smash cut is intense. I mean, it's not—it's not an actual smash cut, but you know what I mean. Like the the, the rapid changing of events um, is, a, is a bit head spinning. But at the same point, it's so like, whoop, yeah. I'm thinking from a storytelling perspective there's nothing else we need to see it would just be dragging yeah. out and making everybody more sad because you know what's ha- gonna happen it's been foreshadowed and here we are
0: you know all this man needed was a hole and a beautiful <sighs> one i'm sorry a beautiful hole to marry
1: uh, i mean isn't that <laughs> he's what not we interested. all interested? he's not I'm interested in
0: monsters he wants the perfect stereotypical you know the beauty ideal Is what he
1: wants Mm -hmm.
0: he's got it he looks amazing she looks amazing they're singing at their own wedding there's an incredible (laughs) band i'm gonna talk about i'm gonna come back and talk about those two ladies in a little bit um it's on this great little riverboat kind of situation near the beach um Mm -hmm. so golden can barely contain her rage which can you blame her no uh <laughs> she is busy trying to talk silver into eating him <laughs> the only way to survive yeah otherwise she's gonna turn into sea foam and die and golden cannot let this happen and she is really pushing for it but the most heartbreaking thing about this movie to me is the mm-hmm. fact that even though this dude has done this to silver she is clearly so gone for him still yeah yeah, it's he's just like mar- the original story. Married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she watched him marry somebody else right in front of her and she's still looking at him as if he is the best thing in the entire world.
1: <sighs> I know, Ugh. I know. And I mean like that, that's exactly, you know, that's the original story and yeah. and uh, sadly a lot something you see in in life, right? And that's kind of the right. message of the It's the message of the original story um, that I had not actually really ever like sat long enough with to think about because it's a story you hear Mm -hmm. when you're a little kid, you know, but with Mm -hmm. this version, which is why I think it's so special. Well, it's special for a lot of reasons, but it it took me until I was an adult and watching this version to realize that the message of the story is simply don't change for other people. Mm-hmm. Um,, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, wow, wow, I'm glad that she made this version because, uh, you know, again, when you hear a story when you're that little, you don't necessarily articulate right. what it's trying to tell you. You just kind of accept it and move on,
0: so silver uh goes up to miatek and and hugs him, and she's just sort of clinging onto him, and he's, you know, I mean, I don't know if he feel, he probably doesn't feel bad, but whatever he's like... Yep kind of looks around to make sure his wife isn't looking, and then <laughs> kind of <laughs> s- starts swaying with her. Um, and as they're swaying, the sun comes up, and she turns into sea foam and dies. And Golden's immediate reaction is to leap upon me and rip out his throat, which, yes! Yes! yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then she... Um, just devastated, just runs off into the sea, and 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 that's it. And that and then that's the end of the movie.
1: <laughs> and that's that so. on that.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's so tragic because it's like she uh, if Silver had just eaten him a few, a few minutes before, everything would have been fine. And like if Golden's she... gonna kill him anyway, like she sort Whatever. of
0: half-heartedly tries like her teeth come yeah. out and she gets sort of the black eye look about her but she can't because she still loves him right so at least Miyatek got what he deserved um, <laughs> but, yes but it doesn't matter because now Golden is alone and mm-hmm. that's very sad yeah oh boy um <laughs> yes so yeah, so you you were talking about how um, how this is about like don't change for anybody else, but it's also like ultimately about uh, when you're a young girl, mm-hmm. you yeah, you just can't really understand what's going on with you, and you have these big emotional swings, and everything seems like um, the best thing or the worst thing in the world, and you're gonna get you're gonna get taken advantage of, really. You just are. Yeah. Um, It's very great. Like, I would love to believe that it doesn't happen to everybody, but experience and talking to other women tells me it does. (laughs) So um, so there's that, there's those layers. There's all the layers of Mama Krisha and, like, her grief and her bond with these twin sisters. There's, um, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the interview with the director, um there's all of this like stuff about in that time in in poland in the 80s it was a communist country Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. there weren't very many choices especially for women and so um there was a lot of she talks about how there was a lot of hopelessness and despair and the belief that things would never change in their country Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of that layered in there um what I learned watching this interview, which I didn't know, is that the sisters are based on two real sisters who grew up in that same nightclub that they filmed in. Oh my god. Whoa. Okay, <laughs> and it's cool. The, and it's the two women who were playing music at the wedding. Ah, oh, I wondered when sisters. you were going to,
1: what that reveal was going to be. That is so cool. It's um, so
0: cool, and they're part of the interviews, and they are so cool. I love them.
1: Awesome. <laughs> I hope they didn't have terrible, um, creepy people around them as they were growing up, but I kind of suspect they did. But I hope it wasn't too scarring, because that's yeah, where my mind goes immediately.
0: <laughs> so the so the director also apparently grew up in a nightclub. This is, um, oh. uh, I guess, a common experience in Poland huh. in the 80s. Uh hmm sort of absent parents or parents that had to work and had no other option but to bring their kids with them to these Mm. nightclubs. And so the director was saying that this is like, yes, like this is the things that you saw, the things that you experienced were obviously very different than girls that didn't grow up in that environment. And so that's what she channeled into the movie. Um, she knew these sisters she wrote the twins based on she consulted with them they the sisters weighed in about their characters reactions they also decided how the twins would communicate so they gave input on that telepathic communication and sort of the whale sounds and things that would come in Um, and they they helped with the music and the score and so I find all of that so fascinating and I fucking love it like I just love it (laughs) I love yeah. knowing that.
1: Yeah, that's so, oh, that gives it such an interesting and rich layer. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I, I'll be thinking about that and like remapping the, the different beats of the story in my head for days because that is yeah. Mm, oh, the stories they could tell. Very cool.
0: Yeah, and and so they said um, the director said when they were location scouting and they were looking for this perfect nightclub, it was just. By some miracle, this nightclub, Adria, that the the same nightclub that these real sisters had grown up in was abandoned but intact. <laughs> cool. Wow.
1: So that when they went in there,
0: they basically just had to to clean it up. and it wasn't even in that. They said it was like basically empty. Um everything was still in perfect shape. Uh, they Holy found, smokes. like, an empty vodka glass and, like, um, a receipt. And that's it. And then they just, like, cleaned it up and were able to film there.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. How lucky. I mean, especially, we live, for those listening, uh, Amy and I live in Seattle, where um, if it's if it's over five years old, you knock it down. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently. Now. This wasn't always the way. But it is now, yeah, yeah. apparently. Um, so, yeah. That's just so cool. Uh I miss that living in a place like that where there's actual old stuff
0: (laughs) that you can
1: just explore
0: so amazing stop us uh, if you're able to rent the Criterion Edition I highly recommend it it's like a 42 minute documentary about um, the making of the film they talk to the sisters they talk to the director they talk to the cinematographer they talk to the choreographer it's amazing to uh, learn how much care and time and planning was put into this film, and I also want to bring it back to the practical effects because they're amazing. Um, mm. The the actresses were talking about how the tails, I guess, weighed sixty pounds, Ooh. and so holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> so they actually had to have uh, like a bunch of men on the crew like pick them up. <laughs> like three men would sort of pick them up to carry them mm-hmm. and the tails around when they were in when they were in those costumes. So oh, my. God. I mean I
1: guess yeah, it makes sense. Like once you start like making something of that size, because these are not small tails, they would get yeah. pretty heavy. Wow.
0: Oh yeah, and they're um the tails are also the design of the tails is also based on this artist and I cannot remember the name of the artist, but it's from my recollection very similar to the director's name and i think that's why i'm having trouble mm-hmm. um but at the beginning in the opening credits you see her artwork so that all of that is her artwork and that was a major influence on the look of the the mermaids themselves ah uh, i mean like when i that is such beautiful
1: artwork and animation when it started the second time that I watched it I just I had forgotten about it and I was like definitely rewound it a couple of times to just look at it because um, I knew it wasn't going to come back so that's cool yeah. I will have to look up that artist
0: because so beautiful yeah I'll put it um I'll look it up and, and put it in the show notes as well but um awesome. just like this is just like a beautiful passion project and I'm so glad that it got made and went out into the world and then I was able to see it and know about it. But yeah, y'all keep your eye out for these women directors of horror films and, and make sure you're sort of looking, pushing into the fantasy realm as well and these sort of other genres <laughs> that are horror adjacent um, yes. to discover these these little, little indie gems. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. And I feel like so, women yeah.
0: are... Killer less... mermaids. Yes.
1: We need more killer mermaids. There is a movie called Killer Mermaid. Do you know this? Oh,
0: I do know. I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> you have? Have you seen? It? Oh, oh yes. Boy. It is interesting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's, okay. I'm not gonna. I go ahead and see it. I take no responsibility for the damage it may do to your psyche. Um, in terms of just, yeah, in inconsistent quality but it i found it entertaining i haven't seen it in many yeah. years but yeah but that's not it not directed <laughs> by a woman i don't believe so not part of i love splatter get out of here
0: yeah i don't think that that i don't think there's very many i think that, like uh, there was that show siren or sirens that my my mom really loved and i tried to give it a watch and was like completely not into it but um but that is an option as well So if you, if y'all know of other mermaid horror fantasy movies, tell us, tell us what they are. Tell us what you like about them. Amen. Uh, I mean, we watch, we do watch movies directed by men. Uh, We watch all, we watch all kinds of movies. We just only choose to talk about the women directors because they, they deserve our attention and love. So. Okay. But you know what? We got to say, we got to say it. We yep. gotta say it because this movie of all movies is definitely worthy of our catchphrase. <laughs> Count us down. Okay. One, one, two, three. Fuck the Fuck patriarchy. Fuck the patriarchy. Oh, do we wanna try to say the Polish name of the film? I was gonna try and then I chickened out.
1: Oh, oh, oh. I mean, <laughs> I think you did such a great job, Amy. I would I would love to hear you try. <laughs> No, I don't know <laughs> if I can. Let me, let me pull that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is, terrible. like, that's beyond me. Daughters of Dancing, though, is a great, um, <laughs> it's also a great title. Daughters of Dancing is great because they have tails and, like, dancing in the sea. It's great. But, yeah, I can't say that. I mean, I don't know what the accent of the, uh, cork
0: dancing. It be. is. All right. Well, we chickened out, and we're we're not going to try to say the Polish uh, title of this film, but it translates loosely to Daughters of Dancing, which is also a great uh, title other than The Lure. But The Lure really, I think, succinctly says what the movie's about Mm -hmm. um, on a lot of levels. So that's The Lure. Uh, We will see you next time. Okay, bye. bye. Bye.